BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. Hey everybody, it is Fantasy Football Weekly, an off-season free agent edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. My co-host today, uh, like uh, two weeks ago, Brian Johnson. Hey, buddy. What's going on, Charge? Yeah, we're uh, we're in full-on off-season, full-on depression, no games on Sunday mode. Yeah. But our first our first milestone we have to look forward to is free agency. There's a, there's just well, actually, the combine comes. Yeah, combine coming up is does. is a biggie, right? So that's a couple of weeks from now, and then you know we're only like three and a half weeks away from free agency starting. It's it's all coming over the course of the show. We'll talk through. The key free agents, not all of them because there's too many. Uh, the guys that you care most about at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We'll talk about what kind of landing space they might find. You know, is, is it going to be a hot market? Is it going to be a cold market? You know, where do we want them to go? And uh, we'll break down all of those guys. Um, also, I'll mention this, Brian. We're recording this a couple of days before people are going to hear it because I'm going to be a whiskey weekend. I can't wait. If you're a bourbon drinker and you want to follow along with our our fourth, this is our fifteenth year, I think, of our our blind March Madness style whiskey bracket double elimination. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Charchian. Very excited for that. I threw you a recommendation as you tweeted it out, as you you do every year, because uh, we don't you don't get too into into your bit, but you, you got to bring a new bottle every year, essentially. And uh, yeah, I I had a. Somewhat out of the box recommendation. I'll be curious to see if you actually took it. We can't. We can't. Let can't the cat disclose out of the bag, it, right? Course. Because no, it's uh, all it's all blind. So that's part of the beauty of this format. Is at the top of every hour, you get. We have one guy who administers it, and so he knows all the secrets. He knows what bottles what. We don't know when we're drinking it. All you know is you get about a half shot glass of one that's marked A and one that's marked B. So there's no marketing. You don't the bottle. You don't have. You, all you have to go on is taste. That's it. 
you don't know what you're drinking. And so a lot of the times you think you love this particular bourbon. And then when it comes up, it might turn out you like a different one better. And you know, maybe you're even lukewarm on the one that you brought. And that's which has happened a lot. We had one year. Uh, my good friend Brian, other Brian, not you, not you, friend Brian, uh, brought a $200 bottle of Middleton. And he had previously described it as angel's tears in a bottle, which I can understand. And then the first time it came up, he voted against it. Second time it came, came up, voted against it again, and knocked, he knocked his own <laughs> bottle out of our competition. That's like uh, the 16 seed knocking out the the one seed in the NCAA tournament, which happened recently. I believe it was Virginia. Yeah. Was it just last year? Not long, no, it was, was it uh, a few years, years ago? ago. And then they went on to win the national championship the next year, Virginia. Yeah. I remember that because that was the final four in Minneapolis. Virginia oh, won that yeah. one so this, in like 2019. This is a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. But they, they were the first team to lose as the number one seed. And then the next year they came back and won the national championship. Uh, pretty impressive rebound from the most embarrassing <laughs> yeah. accomplishment in college basketball. Right. History. So that's so. either going to galvanize you into a great team or it's going to go the opposite direction and it's going to spiral you down. And Virginia, obviously, you know, they, they, they rebounded from it and impressive job for them. Look at us breaking down NCAA basketball. Yeah, that's yeah, well, barely. It's about all uh, I can do right football. now. Now let's talk football. Uh, let's begin at the quarterback position. We have two notable unrestricted free agents. There are more, obviously. We don't think Gardner Minshew and Ryan Tannehill deserve a lot of time, and we're not going to turn this into a like hour-long uh, session here. But let's start with Baker Mayfield coming off by, I think in, in most regards, the best year of his career when he was just sort of an afterthought when Tampa signed him, and he turned out to be fantasy relevant for much of the season. Yeah, I mean, he was he wasn't guaranteed to start for the Bucks last year. It was basically came down to the last preseason game between uh, Baker and Kyle Trask, and uh, we know how that ended. Uh, Baker won the job, and he ne- never gave it back. Let's look back at his stats real quick from last year. Ninth in passing yards, Baker was. His twenty nine passing touchdowns were the sixth most, mm-hmm. and of the six quarterbacks who threw more touchdown passes than Baker. Only, Only one of them threw fewer interceptions than Baker Mayfield. Wow. And that was Dak Prescott. And back to those six quarterbacks who threw more touchdowns than Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes was not one of them. <laughs> yeah, didn't uh, did not expect that going into the season, that you get more touchdowns out of Baker Mayfield than Patrick Mahomes, and they both played full seasons. Yep, and Baker had less picks than Mahomes. He had more rushing touchdowns than Mahomes, wow. one to zero. I was like, <laughs> well, he must have had more fantasy points than Mahomes. He didn't. Mahomes beat him out on rushing yards, essentially. He had Unreal. like 200 more rushing yards, and that's how he beat out Patrick, or I'm sorry, how Patrick Mahomes beat out Baker Mayfield in terms of fantasy points. So he is a hot commodity. Like you said, he's a lot hotter commodity than he was last year. Basically, he was just a, a free, you know, Tampa grabbed him off the street for free. But now we're looking at a return to Tampa Bay, which honestly isn't as appealing because Mike Evans might be gone. We'll talk yeah, about more him of that in a few later. Minutes. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking at like the Patriots, the Falcons, Raiders, Broncos, Steelers. Of all those, to me, the Falcons and the Raiders stand out most uh, for the most appealing landing spot. So I'm hoping he ends up there, but I, I just feel like Tampa Bay is going to re-sign Baker. But without Mike Evans, I don't like his prospects as much. 
assumedly, uh, presumably without Mike Evans. Uh, so, I'm kind, yeah, kind of with you on that. Um, uh, Atlanta would be interesting. Raiders would be interesting. I don't think the Patriots are in because they'll they're ridiculous if they don't take a quarterback at, at pick three. So uh, we'll find out. But I I don't think uh, I think they'll use that pick on a quarterback. Let's talk Kirk Cousins who was on an MVP pace when he blew out his Achilles, leading the league in yards, tied for the lead league in touchdowns. And if you were to convert the Vikings, if you think Kirk Cousins was good for one extra touchdown a game over the you know Josh Dobbs and you know Nick Mullins, then he would have put the Vikings in a position where they would have been soundly in the playoffs. And I think Kirk Cousins would have uh, been a, a very – very legit contender for MVP in a season in which Lamar Jackson won the MVP with 24 passing touchdowns and I think five rushing touchdowns. That's it. And before Kirk went down in what week eight, nine, he was five fantasy quarterback just speaking solely to well, fantasy. As a matter of fact, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So let's All talk right. about that. So when he went down, he was uh, quarterback five in fantasy for a non rushing, just like zero rushing quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Um, he's still only playing half a season. He still finished his quarterback 24, which is pretty impressive. Year prior, Kirk Cousins was quarterback six before that quarterback nine. So, you know, he had been a he had solidly top 10 quarterback for three straight seasons. Now you have to give a little bit of, of caution because of the Achilles, but um, pres- you know, never a mobile guy anyway. And doesn't to me, I'm, I'm not terribly worried about him coming back off that injury. Uh, especially with all the time he'll have to rehab from it. We just saw him dance three weeks ago, right? (laughs) So I think he's doing okay. Um, You already hit on some of the landing places for Cousins. Denver, Pittsburgh, Tampa, if they don't go Baker Mayfield, Atlanta. But the best fit is just to stay with Minnesota with what we know that he's got here. Kirk Kirk and Kevin O'Connell really were hitting their stride in a big way. Presumably, the team re-signs Justin Jefferson. They've got Jordan Addison. And at some point, they get TJ Hawkinson back off of his knee injury. Well, yeah. Isn't that a focal point to keeping Justin Jefferson, apparently? Is it that they re-signed Kirk Cousins? I mean, Jefferson's almost given them an ultimatum at this point. Like, either sign Kirk, re-sign Kirk, or you're going to lose us both. So, what we know from Jefferson is Super Bowl week, when he at Radio Row... He was pounding the table for Kirk Cousins at every stop, and he had been doing that since the latter part of the season um, and saying pretty much outright, you know, look at what we're struggling with with the the other guys when we don't have Kirk. And then uh, Justin Jefferson uh, recently, uh, a report came, media report came out and said that Jefferson um, says that if he's going to resign, the team has to have a solution in place at quarterback. Total, I don't blame him. And obviously Mm -hmm. Kirk would qualify for that. Let's go to the running backs, Brian. You can go. Uh, is it me or you first? I think it's. Uh, I think it is you first. Let's take. A, let's take a look at your first running back off the. Board. I'll go first because yeah. I got the king. Derek I got king Henry. Henry. Yeah. Yeah, Derek Henry, uh, future Hall of Famer. He, he should be in the Hall of Fame already, uh, based on his career numbers. We'll we'll sort of dive into those in a minute. But he turned thirty last month, going into his ninth season mm-hmm. in twenty twenty four. So of course the. The age-old question for running backs, does he have enough tread on the tires? Um, last year, 280 carries. That's still like bell cow usage, yeah. especially in this day and age. Um, and despite averaging a career low 4.2 yards per carry, Henry finished with nearly 1,200 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns. That gave him six straight seasons 
with double digit rushing scores. Mm. 28 catches last year, 33 in 2022. Now, those aren't huge numbers. No. But those are the two highest season catch totals in his career yeah. <laughs> over the last two years. So he's still he's more versatile than ever. You can put it that way. So, I mean, 280 carries. He was down from about like 330 carries mm-hmm. last year. So he's not going to be his 300 plus uh, carry seasons likely over. But I'm. I'm in on Derrick Henry wherever he ends up. He's already got the hype videos up on Twitter. You know, he's doing bench presses with a car on his <laughs> stomach and he's like chewing through metal cord. I don't, I don't know. He, he, he's a beast. And, you know, a place places where he could end up would be really intriguing, like Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, how about Dallas? Uh, Minnesota. I think Minnesota could use <laughs> a guy like Derrick Henry in the backfield. Um Chargers. I mean, there's a lot of teams looking at running backs, uh, Philadelphia. So wherever he ends up, I'm in on Derrick Henry. And right now, I believe is like it's, of course, way too early uh, best ball ADP. But he's going like fourth round, fifth round. Yeah, Tajay Spears is going before him. Spears is going end of third, beginning of fourth. And on the presumption that Derrick Henry is going to be gone. And but I mean, what if he ends up on Baltimore, Dallas? It's a clear lead back. We're, we're talking it's, late second round at latest, I think, with Henry. So I, It'll be interesting to see if Henry ends up in a more of a timeshare, a little bit like he had with Tajay Spears. All the Spears was more like, you know, he was getting like six, seven touches a game. But what if he, what if he, what if they complement him with somebody who's more of a pure pass catching back? That might be really interesting um, to see if, you know, how that backfield could work and what that would mean for Derrick Henry if he's not, you know, going to be an 18, 20 carry a game guy. Yeah, I think that the 18 to 20 is gone, but I think that the 15 carries, not too, 12 to 15 mm-hmm. per game, a couple catches. And, and yeah, pair him with a, like, he's the clear thunder of any kind of thunder and lightning <laughs> yes, backfield. For so, sure. Uh, the ultimate thunder right there, Derrick Henry. And he'll get all the goal line work in almost any scenario uh, where he falls. Definitely. Let's talk, let's talk Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, when we look back at his whole career, never as good as he was as a rookie, tragically, when he was unbelievable that season. One rookie of the year put up 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns, and five yards per carry as a rookie, and then never hit any of those metrics again in any season after that. Um, and then last year, just in, in a really tough position, you know, Daniel Jones goes down. The quarterbacking was somewhere between awful and subpar for most of the year, really all of the year. And... Teams just played to stop Saquon Barkley largely. Now, kind of interesting, Saquon's not old, but he's also not young anymore. He's 27 years old. Um, he's been hurt a lot. You know, he had the he had the full ACL injury, uh, high ankle sprains, just a lot of nagging injuries for him. Uh, last year, he was running back 13. Year before that, running back 6. Year before that, 34. Year before that, running back 120 because he missed almost the entire season. Um so, you know, the, I th- it feels like Saquon Barkley could have some bell cow left in him, but I think the best fit for him, honestly, is in more of a split ba- backfield, more of a 60-40 where he can just stay healthy. You know, what happens if Saquon Barkley doesn't have to carry the ball, touch the ball 100, 225 times? What if he can be 180 more effective times where he can play 17 games and stay fresher? I'd love to see him in more of a one-two punch um, what if he goes, you know, we were talking about Tennessee. What if he replaces 
What if he's a part of a one-two punch with Tajay Spears? What if he goes to New England, replacing Ezekiel Elliott and pairing with Ramondre Stevenson? You know, that could be an interesting fit for him as an as a high-end pass catching back. What about the Minnesota Vikings? Does that do anything for you? It does. Any interest in that? I have a lot of interest in that. Vikings haven't had a great receiving back in Kevin O'Connell's tenure, and it would be fascinating to see what Saquon Barkley could do if Kevin O'Connell decides he's finally going to start throwing to running back, something he has not done in the past. That would be interesting. Saquon Barkley right there. Uh, let's go to our next running back, and that is oh Pollard. Tony. Oh, Tony Pollard. What a disappointing season, Brian. Yeah, you can argue he was the biggest bust in fantasy football mm-hmm. last year. Uh, early second round pick. Some taking him in the you know some people were pegging him as a he was going to be the RB one because we saw for years working behind Zeke Elliott, pretty much outproducing Zeke Elliott as the secondary back and we're like, just give Pollard the bell cow usage and he's going to be a top five fantasy running back. Right. And uh, he pretty, he pretty much got that usage last year, but he did not produce. Let's, let's take a, a quick look back at his uh, last two years. So in 2022 Pollard was third in yards per carry 5.2 that dropped to 29th in 2023, four yards per carry 2022. Tony Pollard was first in yards after contact per carry at 3.8 last year, 23rd Oof. at 2.9 in 2022 Pollard was second in explosive run rate 35th. Yeah, that's man. Year. It just, because all the highlights we had two seasons ago. And if I asked you right now to conjure up in your head, a Tony Pollard highlight from last year, can you do it? No, most of them are him getting stuffed at the one yard line. <laughs> right. Yes. So there was some bad luck there for sure. And actually, I mean, he, he did come on stronger towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll give, we'll give him that. Um, he, now pro football focus grades and ratings don't necessarily translate to fantasy points, but uh, he was the highest graded runner by PFF from, from weeks 11 to 18 oh, okay. last year. Mm-hmm. And the usage was, was kind of head scratching because in the Zeke days, you know, they use them in a more, they spread them out more, but they just ran them up the middle mercilessly last year. They kind of just mixed up the usage where they should have given Rico Dowdle, who by all means was a, a would have been a better draft pick last year if you took Dowdle in the, the last round over Pollard in the second round. But um, long story short, I, I hope he gets another chance on a different team. We mm-hmm. kind of mentioned the, uh, the, the sexy landing spots in, in Baltimore. Uh, Tennessee, not really Tennessee with Spears, but uh, Houston. Sorry to say, Damian Pierce charge might not be the bell cow you wanted, but uh, no, obviously not. But I don't think he's a Pollard's not a bell cow. I don't want him to go anywhere where he has to be a bell cow. Do you? No, not really. But I, I want him to go somewhere where he is in more of a split. It just utilized his strengths are not between the tackles that they're outside of them, and he was just Mm -hmm. running the A gap, B gaps over and over again by Dallas, which. It's not where he found success in the years past. So I'd like to see him get a, a, a fresh start somewhere else. He was tagged, franchise tagged by the Cowboys in 2023. So highly unlikely they use that on him no, again. No chance. In I don't think yeah. he's back in Dallas. Um, Me neither. I'll, I'll mention again another pairing I'd like. Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard. Mm, and he'd, fi- he'd like follow that. Ezekiel Elliott's path to New England. <laughs> Wouldn't that <laughs> that'd be great? Josh Jacobs last year 
was the highest scoring running back in fantasy football. Cratered hard this year, posting half the yards and half the touchdowns despite only missing four games. And he ran for only three and a half yards per carry. And Josh Jacobs' replacement, Samir White, ran for almost a yard more per carry in obviously the same offense, um, which could suggest that the Raiders are not going to use him very much. You know, Jacobs is relatively young. He's just 26 years old, but he's kind of an old 26. He's got 1,500 touches in his career. And you get the feeling the last two seasons where the Raiders have strong-armed him contractually were just all about taking taking tread off his tires Mm -hmm. and then kicking him to the curb in free agency. I don't think he's going to be a Raider next year. Do you, Brian? No, I don't. I think they got their they got their uh, their money's worth out of them, and then some. Like you said, they're kind of used and abused them per se, which is a uh, kind of you know we we've seen running backs get that treatment, and then they fall off hard uh, yep. with their new teams. Like the Mark the Marco Murray is one of the classic cases, and uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, we'll, we'll see where he, where he ends up. Uh, this is uh, you know you'll have to decide, listeners. Was Josh Jacobs' bad year last year? Was it just a one off dip? Or was it the beginning of the end for a high volume back? Um, because you know we've seen you know we've seen both of those scenarios play themselves out. At 26, he still could have some good years left in him, um, but it could also just be the end of the road. And because we've seen it both ways, I suspect that in a better offense, Josh Jacobs could still be a good player. And I don't think he's a change of pace guy. I want to see him in an offense where Josh Jacobs can still be the workhorse, where he can catch 40 or 50 passes like he's done before. So Cincinnati, assuming Mixon moves on, which I encourage them to do, that would be a fantastic landing spot for Josh Jacobs. Houston, as you mentioned, Singletary's an unrestricted free agent. Um, The Chargers, assuming Eckler moves on, makes sense. How about Washington? They could use a gritty runner who can actually break a tackle. They haven't had that in years. Maybe not an ideal landing spot in terms of the quality of overall offense in Washington, uh, but that would make sense. Minnesota would make sense. So there's some nice landing spots for Josh Jacobs out there. But if I could pick one, Cincinnati would be my top choice. Yeah, that, that's a, an ideal landing spot. A landing spot for a, another position we'll get to get to soon. But uh, we should have prefaced, before we go to break, we should have prefaced the running backs, I feel, uh, that it's, it's a great year for free, the free agent class and that, it's probably the weakest incoming rookie class of running mm. backs mm-hmm. that I can remember. I mean, experts like uh, Thor Nystrom, I think, yeah. would say that I think the third round might be the earliest we see a running wow. back yeah. get drafted this year. I, I might be putting words in his mouth, but definitely not the first round. That That's a given. There's not going to be any running backs drafted in the first round. And, uh, yeah, it, it's really thin crop of rookie running backs, so it's a good spot for a lot of these free agent backs. So I'm very intrigued to see where these guys end up landing. Thor will be on the show next week. And we're going to start breaking down rookies beginning next week. It's, it's, it's time already. Um, Oh, he's ready. Yeah, no doubt. He's ready. And uh, and we're going to start with quarterbacks. I think we'll find out. We'll really get to the bottom of uh, where he sees this first round shaking out. And he's, uh, he's single-handedly trying to move the needle on JJ McCarthy. And it it might end up working. Uh, We've got two more running backs before we uh, hit our break here. DeAndre Swift, uh, coming off a season in which he was inexplicably healthy, and, but not always as productive as we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season for the Eagles. And him, his productivity drying up was one of the reasons that we had the big fade from Philadelphia. 
Yeah, Swift had that monster game against the Vikings in like week three on Monday night, and he just looked like a Grand Slam league winner because he was getting drafted in the seventh mm-hmm. round uh, last summer. Uh, but after that, he fell off big time. Uh, Swift gained just two-plus yards on 49% of his carries. Regained two-plus yards on just 49% of his carries. That was the worst clip among qualifying qualifying running backs. Two plus yards after contact. I'm sorry. I flubbed that stat. That's okay. So he was not efficient. And he wasn't efficient near the goal line because of the tush push. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> and Jason Kelsey, if he retires, the, you know, of course, everyone knows Jason Kelsey, well, more so for the partying now, but he was the starting center <laughs> for mm-hmm. the Eagles and a, a big part of the tush push. If the tush push stays intact or if it's banned, who knows? But he wasn't trusted near the goal line. So odds are he's not back. In Philly, again, it's the same list of running backs uh, or uh, landing spots that are out there. He'd be intriguing in Cincinnati. But Swift was a, a disappointment as a pass catcher. 39 catches last year. That was not a lot. He was, we expected a, a bigger role from him there, but I still think he's an able pass catcher. But he he's better served as, as a one-two punch. What about like a Derek, Derek Henry, DeAndre Swift, both going to the same team? Wow. Just letting those two go at it. Or yeah. Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard. That's the kind of pairing we need, I feel. But that's where Swift will thrive in a situation like that. I think. Yeah. Not just maybe just not a workhorse back. Just that's the you know, that's just the reality of it for DeAndre Swift. It, it's a dying breed, the Bell Cow back. We started saying this last year, and going into last year, it was like Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley were some of the last remaining. And a year later, we're talking about them, how they're yeah, much- might be washed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. Speaking of washed up, let's go to Austin Eckler. You'll have to decide for yourself where he stands, but this is going to be a tricky one to figure out. Coming off two seasons, the prior two seasons before 2020, uh, so this would be 2021, 2022, 20 touchdowns and 18 touchdowns. And then last year, of course, the productivity just fell off a cliff for him. Just six touchdowns, despite playing 14 games for Austin Eckler. And his 600 rushing yards for Eckler ranked 36th, Brian, in the league. His 436 receiving yards was only ninth. I mean, we're used to a guy who was top 10 in both. He was like number one in receiving yards, and he'd be like number seven in rushing yards. And he had the gaudy touchdown totals, and it all dried up. He's He'll be 29 years old at the start of the season, and... You know, the other side of it is he's kind of a young 25 in that he didn't start getting real workload until he was 24 years old. So he's really had like five years of real work. Mm-hmm. And to me, just clearly for Eckler, he needs to find himself in a role where he can be James White, where he can be like the best receiving back in the league. And mm-hmm. I, I, it's not like I wouldn't give him any carries. But I want to see what he could do if he were if he remained like a seventy target running back, and only had you know like eighty carries on the season. That to me is the where Austin Eckler is right now. What do you think? Yeah, there there were times last year where he almost looked like a fullback running the ball out of the backfield. He's he's better off as a pass catching specialist, like you said. At this point, it's it's it sucks when this happens because he was. RB1, he was the top fantasy player yeah, in sure. 2022. And uh, that's what happens when you when you chase last year's production. I mean, really, Austin Eckler, the cautionary tales are all in this list. Austin Eckler, 
Tony Pollard, mm-hmm. uh, chasing, chasing these, those stats, uh, doesn't usually work out. So, uh, but I don't think he, he's totally washed yet, but yeah, he needs to be in the right spot where he's going to get you 60, 70 catches to be fantasy relevant. Cause if he doesn't, he's probably not going to be relevant at all in fantasy football next year or this year, I should say. Let me give you some, some really intriguing landing spots for Austin Eckler as a pure receiving back or primary receiving back Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor. Okay. How about Jacksonville with Travis Etienne as the lead back? I like it. How about replacing Jarek McKinnon in Kansas City? That's that was the one I was going to lead off with. That that's uh-huh. the most. Uh, and healing. how about this one where he wouldn't have to sell his house? He could go to the Rams and be the receiving option that Kyron Williams really isn't. What do you think I- of that option? You know I hate that option. I know, because you love Kyron, Kyron Williams. Williams. But to, the reality is Williams is not a, an elite pass catching back. Austin Eckler still could be. Well, the thing is, I, I liked Kyron Williams more as a pass catcher last year because like they were going to use him as a, the James White, who we just <laughs> the aforementioned James White. So I think you're a little off on the, the pass right. catching for Kyron Williams. We don't well, get into They Kyron didn't Williams use him that way, you know, for whatever that indicates. Um, you know, I think Williams ended up, I, I'm going to look it up now. Uh, Kyron Williams. I, I think, I, th- I want to say it like 35 receptions. Let's well, take a Don't look. forget he missed four games. He had 32 receptions, uh, for 200 yards. And yes, he did miss games. He, he played in 12 games. So, um, still that's, yeah. I, well, if they I'm were not, throwing the ball, they were throwing it to Puka Nakua. That's why that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Sounds good. Let's take a break. When we come back, wide receivers and tight ends that are headed to free agency. When we come back, Fantasy Football Weekly. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchian, Brian Johnson with us. You can follow us on Twitter at Paul Charchian at BTXJ, and you might want to follow Guillotine Leagues as well, 
at GL Chop. We are behind the scenes already hard at work getting uh, all kinds of improvements in place for Guillotine Leagues 2024. Very excited. Can't talk about them yet because they're not done yet. But we're uh, we got a lot of things in motion. It's going to be a very exciting year. Around the corner, the blade is being sharpened. It, the, we are sharpening the blade. I like it. Off-season blade sharpening. Let's uh, let's jump into wide receivers, Brian. I'll start with Mike Evans. Okay. Likely a Hall of Fame career. Ten straight one thousand yard seasons is ridiculous, Brian. Now a thousand yards isn't what it used to be. You know, because the the league is so pass heavy, and there's so many advantages for the passing attack now. But the durability to just make it through ten seasons, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He's thirty years old now. Uh, Bucks could move on, but you know he's coming off a fourteen hundred yard season, which is more yards than he had in the two years with Tom Brady, and he had it with Baker Mayfield. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a big market for Mike Evans, a thirty year old guy. Do you want to sign a thirty year old to a three year deal? You know, the Vikings walked on Adam Thielen at age 31 last year, uh, coming off a long, very productive career. What do you think uh, What do you think the likelihood is of ta- – uh, what kind of market do you think there will be for Mike Evans, including Tampa and others? Do you think he's going to be a coveted free agent? I think uh, from, from what I've read, and uh, it makes sense, like you said, because he's 30, the production likely to dip uh, – could be starting this year, but I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff by any means, but it's kind of teams that are in a, in win now mode. And then the two teams that I've the most steam around are the chiefs. Mm-hmm. They need three wide receivers in Kansas city. Rasheed Rice is the only competent wide receiver they have in my mind. And uh, the lions uh, supposedly will be in the, in the market for a wide receiver. So outside of Tampa Bay, those are the two spots. I think uh, we could see Evans land, but uh, I think it makes the most sense just to keep him in Tampa Bay. I know they, they obviously love him there between the lines on the field, but he's also an, an integral member of the community and has been for quite some time. So mm-hmm. they love him there, and I, I would be shocked if they don't retain he and uh, Baker Mayfield. And we mentioned this earlier, for Baker's sake, if he stays in Tampa Bay, you sure as hell hope that uh, they keep Mike Evans as well. Yeah. The teams get sentimental about Hall of Fame-level players, right? Um, and I, I do think they'll try to sign him, but here's what's weird, really weird, Brian. Last Monday, the team chose to absorb a $7 million dead cap space hit, which is something they could have avoided had they gotten a new deal done with him, but they didn't. And so, you know, they just threw away $7 million of cap space not signing him. And the franchise tag is not plausible. It's $28 million for him, so there, there's no chance they're going to franchise him uh, for, for him. Landing spots, you mentioned Kansas City. Let me give you another one. What do you think of Buffalo? You know, Gabe Davis is going to walk. They're not going to keep Gabe Davis. You, instead of Gabe Davis, with all of the ups and downs that he gives you, you get a sure-handed end zone threat in Mike Evans. And, you know, here they are. Imagine the Bills are at the three-yard line, Brian. You think they're going to tush-push Josh Allen, but here's Mike Evans. Great, you know, legendarily effective from close in the stripe. He's effectively a goal line back wide receiver. Buffalo, I think it'd be really interesting as defenses that have to try to figure out how to defend a Josh Allen tush push mm-hmm. or a pass to Mike Evans. What do you think of Buffalo as a landing spot? Yeah, that makes sense too. And they, they certainly fit the mold of the, the win now teams. Right. Uh, yeah. He's not going to a rebuilding team, right? No, no chance. Hopefully not. Hopefully he learned his lesson from, from Adam Thielen. I saw someone mention Carolina 
And I'm like, no, hmm. no more potential Hall of Famers going to Carolina in the twilight of their career. That's that's a kill shot. Yes. For any hope of winning a title. Not that I think Adam Thielen's had a nice career, but not a Hall of Fame career. Uh, Jets need another wide receiver opposite Garrett Wilson. And he's Garrett Wilson is not the same kind of big bodied guy like Mike Evans is. And Aaron Rodgers will be back. Baltimore would be interesting. They re-signed Nelson Aguilar this week, but they still need a legit number two wide receiver. And Evans' physical play is something that none of the wide receivers in Baltimore have. So those, to me, are some of the ideal landing spots for Mike Evans. Let's go to Michael Pittman, uh, who I think it could be a franchise tag candidate here. What do you, what do you have on Pittman? Yeah, he's certainly a, a candidate to be tagged by the Colts. And honestly, if they don't, they're 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 moronic if they let if they let Pittman walk. Uh, who turns twenty seven in, in October? Michael Pittman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty much entering the prime of his career right right now. And, and the and in the event you don't know what he looks like, six uh, four. 230 pounds, absolute yeah. monster, kind of a, another dying breed in the NFL. But, uh, you know, this is, was like the prototypical alpha receiver build. Uh, you don't see a lot of him anymore, but he, he still pulls it off. And uh, he's been doing a good job, uh, especially last year. Fourth in catches with 109. Finished just over 1,150 receiving yards, four touchdowns. Bump those numbers up a little bit, along with 109 catches, and he's right in that top tier of wide receivers. Yeah. yeah. CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, all those guys. And, uh, you know, he, he's Indy is not the best fit for him, fantasy-wise, in my mind. You know, we, didn't, we only got to see Anthony Richardson for a game and a half, but he's a, a running quarterback. They've got a strong run game with Jonathan Taylor coming back. So I would like to see him end up somewhere else, a little more exciting. But I think uh, – minimal chance that the Colts let him walk. They really should not. You know, related to that, let's um let's just go maybe a few hundred miles away in Cincinnati with T Higgins. Do you uh I don't know that it's a given that they can afford to keep Higgins. You know, there's talk that they'll franchise tag him too, but there's they have so much money tied up in in Burrow and they've got to go and you know, Jamar Chase that's, you know, I, you wonder if Higgins is going to be the odd man out or if Higgins is going to have uh, have an opportunity to stay in Cincinnati. Yeah, initially, you know, a few months ago, a couple of months ago, it seemed like Higgins was all but guaranteed to uh, be an unrestricted free agent, uh, especially with Jamar Chase had a, a comment somewhere along the lines like, we'll see if they have enough money to pay him after they pay me, <laughs> basically. Right, right. Uh, but now, now it's leaning towards th- they tag Higgins. Um, if not, though, he he certainly <laughs> right up there uh, with uh, Pittman and uh, Evans in terms of highlight uh, names on the market. But I think he's more of a coin flip than Pittman in my mind at this point. I think Pittman uh, leaning towards more getting tagged by the Colts. I don't know if you agree there. Yeah, I I think Pittman is more likely to get tagged because the Colts just have more space to work with. The Bengals right now uh, looking it up. Yeah, I was I was wrong. Bengals have caps, cap have do have cap space. Bengals and Colts are right next to each other with uh, both effectively fifty nine million dollars in cap space. So, yeah, I think uh, I think I think there is a much better chance than I originally thought of T Higgins staying with his team. Let's go to Calvin Ridley. Um, I picked this up uh, from somebody on Twitter, and I'm sorry I didn't jot down who it was. If the Jaguars sign Calvin Ridley, Brian, they the third rounder they owe the Falcons for that trade becomes a second rounder 
because of because he gets re-signed as mm-hmm. as one of the conditions of the trade. But if they let him walk, they only have to give the third rounder to the Falcons, and they likely get third round compensatory pick compensation. So they it would probably be a push. They they lose a third and they'd get a third. And so to some, you know, to some degree, it costs them a second rounder to re-sign Ridley. They could put that second rounder into a 22-year-old wide receiver. So I think there's some sneaky there's some sneaky reasons here why Calvin Ridley will not be back with the Jaguars. He's a low mileage 29-year-old because he was older as a rookie and then he got suspended for a season. So he really hasn't played nearly as much. I mean, he's within a year of Mike Evans by age, Mm -hmm. but he's got half as many seasons played as Mike Evans does. (laughs) Um, Aside from Gabe Davis, uh, Ridley last year was the league's biggest boom or bust receiver. Get this. He had six top 10 fantasy games last year. His other 11 games, Brian, he averaged as wide receiver 55 in those weeks. Averaging three catches for 32 yards. Awful for Calvin Ridley as a boomer bust player. There are media reports that say Jacksonville try to resign him, but I I don't know here. I mean, ideally, you know, we don't if, if you know we don't care if they give up the second rounder or not. I mean, I'd love to see him stay in Jacksonville, where he remains the best outside receiver for sure, and maybe the best overall receiver on Jacksonville with a good young quarterback. Um, but you know, maybe because he's older. He doesn't want to go to a rebuilding team, which would put him on potentially Kansas City or Buffalo or Baltimore, some of the teams we were talking about with Mike Evans. Yeah, I remember Ridley had really weird splits with Zay Jones last year because Zay Jones was in and out of the lineup with injury. And and you'd think, oh, when Zay Jones was injured, Ridley must have had the big games. But no, it was when Zay Jones was playing is when Ridley would really go off. Yeah, weird, right? I, I do... I, he's not. He's not. He's not a guy like I would like to see him on another, on another team like Michael Pittman. I'd like to see him on another team. I think Ridley can find success in Jacksonville. But like you mentioned, when it comes to the picks, mm-hmm. I think based on the the inconsistencies we saw last year, that uh, retaining Ridley is not worth losing out on the pick compensation side. So I think we will see him see him hit the market. And uh, again, all a lot of interesting landing spots uh, where I think he could succeed. And, and like at a win now mode and you know those mainly being Kansas City, Buffalo. Yeah, somewhere along those lines. Mm-hmm. Baltimore. Uh, Hopefully not New England. We just don't want anyone to end up in New England, basically. Well, especially you know, we're talking mostly about veterans here, and well, really entirely about veterans. And New England's it's a hard reboot in New England. So it just doesn't feel like that's a landing spot for very many of these guys. Uh, some of the running backs we did like in New England, but not the receivers. Two years ago, Marquise Brown demanded to be uh, let out, demanded to be traded away from Baltimore because he wanted to go to a an offense that could show off his skills for exactly this moment. So he could get through his you know, his fifth year rookie deal, and he could go hit free agency and be really widely paid. But he ends up in Arizona. Uh, Kyler Murray's not even his quarterback for a lot of it. He gets hurt a bunch. And now he enters free agency this year as, a, as kind of an afterthought in a, with a lot of good receivers in free agency. What do you think of uh, of Marquise Brown and what level of interest he's going to have? 
Yeah, his stock's certainly not as high as it was a couple of years ago. You know, mm-hmm. that, that, that essentially gambling on himself, it, it paid off initially. If you recall, to start last year, uh, he was healthy. Kyler Murray was healthy. About two years ago, weeks, then. Uh, Pre-ACL, yeah. Todd Kyler, you mean two years ago. Yeah, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brown was a top 10 wide receiver. Then he got hurt. He, like, broke his ankle. And uh, then Murray got hurt later that year. That's when Murray tore his ACL. So, and then going into last year, Murray didn't start the season. So, they, he didn't get a lot of time with Kyler Murray. Essentially, he, mm-hmm. he did thrive when, when they were playing together, primarily in 2022. So, long story short, kind of a disaster these last two years uh, in Arizona. Brown turns 27 in June. So, he's he's not old by any means, but he's not your your, your – alpha wide receiver, your wide receiver, one guy, I'd like to see him if he stays in Arizona fine, but I think he would fare better where he's, you know, a a Robin to someone's Batman where he's alongside a Garrett Wilson um, in on the jets or alongside Stefan Diggs in Buffalo. So uh, I will be intrigued to where he lands. Um, He's not a player where I'm going to love him wherever he lands. Landing spot will be pivotal on uh, where I'm looking to draft or if I'm even willing to draft Marquis Hollywood Brown next year. Yeah, it's uh, it's got to be just the right spot. But it, it, I do believe there's some real sneaky upside in Marquise Brown if he can hit the if he can hit it just right with a strong-armed quarterback who can utilize his downfield speed in an offense that is pass first and uh, and Marquise Brown stays healthy. I mean, if you can get all that to come together, this would be pretty interesting for Marquise Brown. But I need all that to happen. And But if it did, I could see where he could be just an every week wide receiver two for your fantasy team. But any of those things falter, and you're back into week-to-week head-scratch mode on Marquise Brown. Well, Yeah, one team I want to throw out there that would be intriguing for Brown and, and most of the wide receivers we mentioned, we didn't mention this as a landing spot, is Atlanta, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got Drake London. Yeah. and Well, of course, they have Kyle Pitts at wide receiver as well, but. I won't go there, but uh, Atlanta, intriguing spot for a lot of these wide receivers that, that we failed to mention. It is. They need to figure out their quarterback position first. But, no you know, if you put Kirk Cousins there, and that's exactly the scenario I'm talking about. Strong-armed quarterback, reliable, uh, who can get the – we know can send lasers downfield to his receivers. That would be a great spot for Marquise Brown. All right, let's go to the tight end position. We've got a couple of uh, a couple of, of tight ends, semi-notable. Um, I'll do Dalton Schultz. Last offseason, Schultz was another guy who bet on himself. You know, free agency came along. Um, he didn't find the long-term contract. A lot of us thought he might, and instead took a one-year deal with Houston. And the productivity was basically unchanged from what he had in Dallas, and it's really not that compelling. Almost identical numbers in targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns to the previous year. Um, and at the end of the year, troublingly for Dalton Schultz, he started losing snaps to Brevin Jordan which I think might have been an indicator that Houston is not going to re-sign Dalton Schultz. I'd be surprised if they do. Um, but there are some decent landing spots there where, where Dalton Schultz could earn starters minutes, Brian. Denver needs a tight end. The Jets need a tight end. Uh, Chargers need a tight end, especially with Gerald Everett heading to free agency. Uh, Seattle, uh, Noah Fance, uh, who we're going to talk about in a minute, is, uh, it may not be there. And I think Miami's really interesting. You know, Miami desperately needs some tight mm-hmm. end help. Uh, but you've got Hill, you've got Waddle, you've got several good receiving backs, and Schultz, I think, would be like a fourth and fifth option most weeks. And from a fantasy standpoint, would be 
very hard to sort of figure out what to expect for Schultz in uh, in Miami, but they they certainly have tight end need there. Yeah, Miami near the the top of my list for tight end needy teams. You failed to mention my favorite, who I believe currently don't have any tight ends on roster, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. If we could just get uh, an elite pass catching option in Cincinnati for once, let's you see know, what happens. I there. thought uh, Tanner Hudson had showed some real moments, and I wonder if they if now I don't think Tanner Hudson he's not a free agent, is he? I don't think he. Maybe is. he's not a rookie. I, I thought I read somewhere that I didn't really dig too deep, but that, that they basically have no one on on roster. Um, I, wow. I, I, yeah, I could. There. You know what? You could be right. You know, I just pulled up. Uh, I'm not saying they won't re-sign Hudson yeah. or anything like that. By the way, what a bust Irv Smith was for both my Minnesota and then Cincinnati gave him a legit, you know, gave him a legit contract. Uh, yeah, Tyner Hudson, a very quiet, 29 years old. Start. He's been with uh, seven teams now. Yeah, you're right. Cincinnati is absolutely in play here. That's a great call, Brian. And back to, to Schultz really quick. It didn't bode well for him that as soon as he leaves Dallas, Jake Ferguson steps <laughs> right. in and looks just looks better. like Dol- prime Dolphin Schultz, if not better yeah. <laughs> than Dolphin Schultz. So he's a sort of a system tight end. Let's put it that way. I- I'm honestly, if I'm, any team looking for a tight end, especially the Bengals, let's say the Bengals, I'm more excited about Noah Fant, to be honest. Why? I, mean, I know he's he's been somewhat of a disappointment, but... No, not somewhat. I think a total disappointment. I mean, he's, he's the rare Iowa tight end that has underproduced at the, at the NFL level. He has, but he still wasn't an elite prospect. He's 26. That's kind of around the, the average breakout range for a tight end, very... Rarely do tight ends break out incredibly early, like Sam Laporta, per se, or TJ Hawkinson, who was his teammate. But, you know, Fant was drafted by the Broncos. And first he, round, him a, by the way. A, oh, yeah. First round talent. His Raz score, relative athletic score, which, you know, it's very telling of a, an athlete's athletic profile, especially a football player, was extremely high coming out of the draft. So he was a blue chip prospect drafted by Denver in the first round. He was included in the Russell Wilson trade to Seattle. So, you know, Seattle absolutely fleeced Denver in that deal. We don't have to get into it. So I wouldn't call him a throw-in. He was a, a great piece to add in. But Seattle just always had this platoon of tight ends, and they're not a – they never were a pass-heavy offense. So long story short, I'm very intrigued by Noah Fant right now. If you're doing early best ball drafts, he's essentially free. But if he lands in a, a spot like Cincinnati or Miami mm-hmm. or the, the Chargers where he can get – you know, true starter reps running 70 to 80% of the routes. I'm not ready to give up on a, a guy that was a freakish ash athlete. And not like he was just a, an athlete. He was an all around good tight end at Iowa that produces stellar tight end. So I'm in on Fant. I'm, I'm tracking where he goes. Yeah. I'd rather I, have Fant over Schultz. I'm not, um, I'm not just because I feel like we've had so many looks at Noah Fant, right? We're talking about a guy who in his five-year career has played 81 games and just never showed. I just think by now, you know if a guy's got it or not. And I just think, I think no offense, just a guy. But you never know. I mean, right landing spot is half the is half the battle. And if he does find himself in the right spot, maybe he could have. Uh, he could certainly be worth the ADP right now. Uh, I got to imagine. You know, you mentioned Noah draft going un. You know, Noah Fant going undrafted. Uh, so you know, for what you'd have to pay to get him, maybe there's a dice roll to be had there. Now, I know we're, we're running long on this podcast, but but I'm having fun. You know I love talking about tight ends. Let me just stay in this lane really quick because sure. I was 
thinking about adding the Vikings to this list, you know, to the list of landing spots for mm-hmm. some of these tight ends, because they're not going to have TJ Hawkinson until the midway point at best, right? He, there's a chance Hawkinson doesn't even play next year. And the starting tight end for Minnesota is a, it's an interesting spot to say the least when it comes to fantasy football. So for those doing their early drafts right now, mm-hmm. what I'm getting at to ask you, true insider, it's Josh Oliver. Could he be the guy? No, uh, Josh Oliver is not. He's just not a receiving back, but a receiving tight end. But they gave him a giant contract, so the Vikings have mm-hmm. as much money tied up in tight ends as any team in the league. I I want to say, so I I don't. If Noah Fant is dirt cheap, yeah, he could start the season as the Vikings as the Vikings starting uh, tight end. But it would have to be that there's just no market for Noah Fant for the Vikings to put yet more money into that spot. I, otherwise, I don't. I can't believe that that would that would end up being something that the the Vikings would end up uh, would end up looking at. I'm pulling up that the 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 Vikings have the have the second highest paid tight end in T.J. Hawkinson and the uh, eyeballing this about the 15th highest paid tight end in Josh Oliver. So wow. I, I just I can't I can't see him pouring more money into that position right now. Maybe a more reasonable option. Uh for the Vikings that would be interesting would be uh, Gerald Everett. We're not going to get too deep into, but he, he could be a cheaper mm-hmm. guy that could come in and yeah. uh, certainly make an impact uh, week one in yeah. that offense. So uh, no, he's fan, another free agent. By the way, done okay for himself over the years. Uh, he has made, no fan has made career earnings of, doot, 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 looking right now. You want to guess? Career earnings for Noah Fan at age 27. Well, first round pick. Uh, so he's on his, wow. So he's on his second con. I don't know. Career, I would say 28 million. You're not far off. He's already made 19. His total okay. guarantees though is puts him up, um, at 25. So I don't okay. know. I don't you know. Career earnings says 19 total guarantees, 25 million. Jeez. Not bad for a guy who's been a middling t- producer so far. Not a dead cat yet. No, I don't think so. Give him one more chance. Yeah, I want to. I want him to get a nice soft landing spot, and I'm. I'm very. I'm very intrigued by Fant. Thanks for listening, everybody. When uh, when we uh, talk next, uh, we will. I believe we'll be talking rookies next week with Thor Nystrom, and that'll be super fun. Uh, Brian, great job. Thanks for all your help today. Thanks mm-hmm. for getting all the way to the end of our longest off season uh, pod by a mile, and we will talk to you next week, everybody. Bye bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, 
every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.